Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Bridge the Gap, Connecting Business Perspectives with your hosts, myself, Colton Cockrell, and Tricia Stetzel. Our goal is to bridge the generational, gender, and life experience gap in business through our unique styles of gathering information from our guests. Now let's get it started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bridge the Gap, where we're connecting business perspective. It's a beautiful Wednesday, hopefully, uh, and I am here with my lovely co-host, I didn't forget her this time, Miss Trisha Stetzel. Thank you, Colton. You know, I was really beginning to worry because the last few shows we've done, you tried to introduce the, the guest before you even said that I was here. So thank you, Colton. I'm so excited to be here. Trisha Stutzel, Results Extreme Business Solutions. And it is my pleasure to introduce our guest today, Tracy Summerford, the owner of Add Spice to Your Life. So in high school, Tracy decided to become a chef. She's been cooking since the age of 12. She spent the last 21 years traveling the world, experiencing different cultures and cuisines, and she brings that back to the Houston area. She recently became a culinary nutrition expert and is now offering the experiences of delicious nutrient-dense foods to her clients. Tracy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have a chef on the show because I am a huge fan of food. So I'm, I'm glad to have you. So we're going to jump right in. We don't have a lot of time, Trisha. I know you're laughing, of course, but I love food. I'm a foodie, kind of. So let me ask you this. Being a chef, do you have to have a degree to be able to, to be a chef? No, you don't have to have a degree. There are some people that get a mentor or another chef to show them recipes and show them the way. Some people go to traditional schools. I went to several traditional schools, and then also I went to several kind of offline schools that kind of let me get into specialties. Because I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know what? I can cook maybe three things and I have no idea how to like make some awesome dish and just combine everything. If I read a cooking book, I'm impressed by all the, the ingredients that go into something that someone took the time to figure out. So, I mean, kind of walk me through that. How do you know? How, I mean, is it just something that after experience you get it? Like, how do you know what to pair with what? How funny. There's several approaches to that. One is a book by Harold McGee, Food and Science, and it tells you what's going on scientifically behind the cooking methods. So when you start, because we're all organic, food is organic in a chemical sense. So when you start understanding how certain foods are going to react, it's easy to kind of mix and match and pair things. There is another resource that I love called the Flavor Bible, and it teaches you about different flavor profiles and what goes well together and what may not go so well together. So if you start with the fundamentals, it's easy to create things and mix and match. And then also from so many years of experience, you start figuring out like, you can look at a recipe kind of like looking at the matrix and you can read through it and tell if it makes sense, if it's going to taste good or not. That's really interesting. So Colton, is one of those dishes macaroni and cheese? I just want to know. No, I think my go, I think my go-to, if anyone's like, hey, you know, something just happened, I need a dish, I need you to bring some food over, it's King Ranch chicken all day long. Oh, okay. That's a good <laughs> Now the twist though, the twist, and Tracy, you can steal this, you put Cool Ranch Doritos on top and at the bottom. Oh my goodness, Colton. All right. So this show is definitely not about you. Back to Tracy. All right. So Tracy, I love uh, that you mentioned in your bio, or I mentioned in your bio, that you traveled the world. How did that actually um, help in your uh, expertise as a chef? 
Well, when I graduated from pastry school, which is the first school that I went to, the chef that I worked under initially didn't want to give me like the freedom to travel, to go to different classes. So basically I quit being a pastry chef, became a flight attendant. So I could travel and go to these different classes and experience different cuisines. So basically it was kind of an accident, but it's what helped me get exposed to different cuisines. And also it taught me how to meal plan because if you went to airports like 20 years ago, the food was crappy. And so I would pack my own food. So I didn't have to worry about trying to eat at the airports or the hotels. The food was just like all chicken wings or fried mozzarella. So by packing my food, I still had a variety. And then when I could, I would go out to local restaurants and experience like the local cuisine. Yeah, that's I like really, that. So, oh, yeah. go ahead, Colton. No, so that's kind of like the, is it Robert Kawasaki, right? The Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Is that the author? I think it is. His, his whole methodology was he did a lot of things around something. So he knew how everything works. So he could be like a expert in everything. So that's really cool that you actually didn't just go into being a chef. You went to learn more about different cultures, different styles. I think that's awesome. You did, you did a lot of research and due diligence before you really jumped in. I think that's, that's really cool. And I think that's a testament to why we have you on the show today. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to your to your question earlier, Colton, about do you have to have an education, right, a specific certification to be a chef? The answer is no. However, not all chefs are created equal. Right. Yeah. So. All right. So, Tracy, let's go beyond just the chef part, because we understand that you're not cooking inside of a restaurant. So what does that look like? So as a personal chef, as Colton was saying earlier, he only has like three dishes that he goes through. Well, most people only have like a select amount of dishes that they rely on. So one of my jobs as an educator is to introduce them to new ingredients, to new cooking styles. And one way I do that is through my online platform of doing classes. So they get the comfort of their own home and going step by step to see different ingredients. I also work like with local co-ops. One thing that I love is the farm to table experience. I love being able to teach people about seasonal cooking because that's when it's gonna be the most nutrient dense, freshest, and also the most economical. So that's what I love to share with people. Like tomatoes aren't always in season, they're really in the summer. So even if you're getting an organic tomato, it's probably coming from some other place. And furthermore, what I love is that I talk to a lot of the ranchers and the fishmongers so there's only like one degree of separation that I'm getting from the food, as opposed to if you go to like a big box store, you really don't know where your food is sourced or how it was treated and then the carbon footprint on it. Mm -hmm. So now I'm taking all of this and kind of translating it and bringing it into people's homes. So then I have a high end offer where I actually come in and I cook for people. So that's where I sit down with somebody and we get extensive what they like, what they don't like, if they have dietary restrictions and I create a custom menu for them and they approve it. And once they approve the menu, I do the grocery shopping, I come in, I execute the menu in their home, I package it, I label it. So when they come home, they have a clean kitchen, it smells wonderful and all they have to focus on is what to reheat and eat. Oh man, that's awesome. And, and you kind of hit on something that I think is very important because the food that we eat now is not the same food we used to eat. Well, we, we weren't around that people used to eat back in the day. So can you walk been around? Uh, you're not that prehistoric. Come on, Trisha. <laughs> Come on. Uh, but um, I, that was actually really good. Self-deprecation. I love it. So, <laughs> so Tracy, can you kind of explain what has happened to food over, you know, the past few decades, as far as all the pesticides and everything that they 
spray on the food and all. So can you kind of walk us through that? Sure. So if you think about what your grandmother or what your grand grandmother would eat, if you took her to a store, they would not recognize a lot of the things that we have on the shelves. So basically, and let's just say the last 50 years, the food manufacturers have taken salt, sugar, and fat and kind of made these chemical compounds to tell our taste buds what we're tasting instead of actually being able to taste the food. And they do a lot of research into this. So this is like big business. So a lot of times, like if a company's like saying new and improved, what they've done is they changed their formula. So the big companies are looking to save more and more money, but it's at a cost to us and our health. So we're not getting those natural foods or we think like, let's just think about when our grandmothers were coming up on the farm, they didn't have all the food choices and fatigue that we have because they just ate what was on the land. So if they had a chicken and some basil, they figured out how to put it together. They weren't having to go to a big box store and find all these different things and putting dishes together. So for them, it was just a lot simpler to put things together. Yeah, I feel like now it's like the world of convenience where it's like, well, just give me, I just want something ready-made where I just put it in a bowl and it's ready to go. Right. That's, yeah, it's not the right mindset. Um, so let me, let me ask you this, cause this was a conversation we've had previously before we were on private chef versus personal chef. Can you tell me the difference? Yes. So private chef is something like, let's just say Beyonce or um, millionaires would have, those are people that are there morning, noon, night and day. They're usually like working 12 to 15 hours a day catering to one family. So they are an employee of that family where a personal chef is a small business owner. We work for several families providing meals, but we still have our own business and our own, let's just say creativity. Cause if you're working for somebody, you have to cook what they want as opposed to a personal chef, I can go like to Seattle and find some fresh, let's just say salmon and bring it back and create some menus based on that. So I have more width and I can create the things that I want to create. No, I, I I'm like, that. I'm getting hungry. I know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, mm, I'm getting so hungry. Okay. So I have, I have a question for you. Um, how do you feel about plants that are grown through hydroponics versus plants that are grown in the soil? And can you please define hydroponics for me, please? <laughs> Colton. Oh. Go ahead, Tracy. Oh, no, no, I'm just laughing. So hydroponics is where they grow it like in a water solution as opposed to it doesn't touch soil. Now, I did a little bit of research because I thought about doing hydroponics and they just there's some pros and cons. From what I understand that they do use some chemicals as opposed to soil, you can stay more organic. So I don't have a lot of depth on hydroponics. I just know from what I understand, the soil is still better. And the reason why I say that is when you have a plant that's in the soil, its roots are reaching down and the deeper that it gets, it's getting different vitamins and minerals out of the ground and extracting it into the plant. And then we're getting that to where I don't see hydroponics being able to mm -hmm. offer that really getting in there. So one of the problems that we're having with conventional soil is basically they're doing fertilizers that's the equivalent to fast food for the plants. Like they're just doing the major three elements, putting in there so the plants are growing big and tall, but they're not getting that deep root structure. And so they're not getting the different types of minerals that are as they get deeper, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, absolutely. It does. That's why I compost, Colton. Do you need a definition of that too? I know what a compost is, but I just, I'm just <laughs> saying, I like to think that most of our listeners have no idea what hydroponics is. So I, I it's going to make me feel a bit better. 
So no, that's actually very interesting. I, I'd never, ever heard that. So that's, um, that's fascinating. Uh, you do compost. Interesting. Tracy, do you compost? I am building a new compost bin because I do have a garden. And one reason I like having a garden is when people come to my house, because I do cooking classes here, is that like the other day we were making a stock. So we got to cut fresh parsley and fresh thyme so people can actually see what it looks like as it's fresh, as opposed to the little plastic containers in the store, which sometimes you don't know how long they've had those herbs on there. And with herbs in, herbs in particular, they have like a lot of antioxidants in them. So you want to get like the freshest things that are available. So you're getting all those nutrients. Yeah. And just out of curiosity, because I just have to know, what is your go-to dish? I just, I just have to know. I am the weird person. I don't have a go-to dish. I just go and see what speaks to me at the store if I'm cooking for myself. So meal planning sometimes is a challenge because I want to cook what I like the mood drives me to. So yeah, that's, uh, but okay. I'm sorry. Mushroom risotto. If I did <laughs> wild mushroom risotto, that is mine, but I try not to make it because I will sit there and eat. <laughs> so you're a big intuitive eater than it sounds like. Yes. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. So, and Trisha, I'm sorry, this will be my last question. Then you can take over. Uh, can, so this, I like the idea of this farm to table. Uh, you know, and I see that in some restaurants, they'll actually, they'll, they'll say that, uh, which I think is great. Can, can you tell me the benefits of going farm to table? I know you've kind of hit on it a little bit, but can you go into more depth just so our listeners can understand the importance? Well, I think it's a connection because as a society, we're kind of losing that connection to each other. So like, for instance, the freeze that just happened in Houston, what was it a month ago? It was really neat because the co-op was like, hey, we have all these greens because the farmers are having to cut all that stuff because they're going to lose it in the freeze. So it gives you a new respect for the farmer and the challenges that they have to go through. So I think on a deeper level, you have the gratitude for the food that is on your table and you're realizing the human experience and how you're all interconnected and how the weather plays an effect on your food. I think the other thing is, is that when you cook at home, like, let's just say I have a dinner party and I invite you over, you're a lot more relaxed as my guest. We're connecting more. We're getting to talk. There's not all this other energy around us in a restaurant. So we're getting that community that food is supposed to be. When you like look back at when we were tribes and people had to go and hunt and different people had things. So we're not so isolated for the world. So I think cooking is more of a social thing that we need. And then as far as like the nutrients, it is so neat being able to talk to a butcher and seeing like, oh, he's like, okay, the lambs aren't ready until this point. And you know that he's treating them humanely to where if you go to the big box stores, you don't know how the food's been treated, if the animal's stressed, what they were feeding the animal. And we got to remember whatever that animal is eating and then we eat it, that's basically what we're eating, even though it's once removed. So we're just, I, we're just looking at, I think my whole thing is connection. And then also some of the problems like with the way our food is processed is that we're so busy trying to grow it bigger and faster that it's not as nutrient dense. But then also the farmers are exposed like to pesticides or the GMOs. I mean, it's sad when Monsantano owns seed rights and these seeds can't even reproduce because they were manufactured. That's really interesting. Uh, see, that, that's what I was trying to get at because that's uh, it's that whole organic versus non-organic. I mean, that, that, that's great. But I do want to make a point real quick, Trisha, that- You um, said it was going to be my turn. Well, it's, it's not a question. It's a point. 
<laughs> Tracy before and post, whenever we finish this, make sure you get with her. Cause she just said that we're having a dinner party. And so we need to make sure that we get that on the calendar. So the three of us can go eat together. Just want to make sure. Okay. All you. Okay. It's it public now. People. It won't just be the two of you. It's, it's a group. So I can, I can accommodate eight people, but that is part of, so seriously, Colton, that's part of my, I call it Sunday dinner revival. And so it's something that I want to start bringing people in to have a Sunday mm. evening of being able to eat really good food and talk and enjoy fellowship, because I think that is the nourishment of food. Well, Tracy, the first five people who comment on this video, all caps, Tracy Summerford, they're going to get to be invited <laughs> to that party. All right. All you. And you have to spell it right. <laughs> Oh, all right. So Tracy, you mentioned earlier, um, tomatoes are a summer plant and I know I happen to know that you have a garden. So what is in your garden right now? And when I say that we're really talking kind of late, well, late winter, early spring, right? Uh, except in Houston, it's almost summer. (laughs) What's in your garden right now? So I have five different types of tomatoes. Okay. So spring is my Christmas. Spring is like, Oh, that's exciting for me. So I have five different tomatoes, five different peppers, two different eggplants, six cucumber plants. I have seedlings right behind me of two different okra plants, and there's 12 of those. And then I have some peas. I have some string beans. Of course, I have all my herbs. I have three different types of garlic. I think I have elephant garlic, music, and a Japanese garlic that I'm just getting familiar with. And, oh, and artichokes. I got artichokes for the first time this year. So I have five artichoke plants in the back. How, how big is your garden? Um, You know what? It's very interesting because it's kind of patchwork throughout. So I find the spots with a lot of sun. And I was talking to another gardener about this. If there's like a spot that gets a certain amount of sun, you make your little kind of thing right there. So I eventually want to get a real farm and have the farm to table like really. Oh, that's awesome. So, so are your beds in the ground or are they raised? Um, so the strawberry, oh, I have strawberries too. The strawberries, tomatoes, and peppers do better in the ground along with the, um, oh, I have squash too. Gosh. (laughs) Next pandemic. I'm good. I'm just gonna live off the garden. So I have uh, two zucchinis and a squash. So for, okay. So the herbs you can put in like grow containers and they do fine, but like okra, um, cucumbers, they like to be in the ground. And that's just what I've learned. But artichokes, they're in a pot and they're doing fine. Oh, and I have citrus. I have, I think, eight <laughs> citrus trees. Nice. Oh, it's insane here. You can, if you want to have Corona and Mexican lime, it's, that's what we do in the summer is pot. So, yes, um, I, I'm the, the plant lady next door who. Fantastic. That is cool. Yes. They bring the Coronas and you provide the limes, huh? Exactly. The Mexican limes. The Mexican limes. Yes. Smaller. And so they fit in the bottle. Oh, that's perfect. We didn't know this in the States. We've been using those big lines. No, they're the wrong one. <laughs> so Trisha, make sure we need to bring the Coronas when we go to our dinner party because okay. it's happening. Uh, it. So now let me ask you a completely off the wall, random question. And I got to know this and um, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but how did Trisha do on a scale of one to 10 as an interviewer today? <laughs> Colton. <laughs> Yeah, she's got a sidekick where she just warms the guests up and then Colton. We're not friends anymore. What? Hey. What, hey. What? What is? What is the answer? I got to know this. <laughs> okay, we're listening, Tracy. But you know what? I think she does a good job of keeping you on track. That's well. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. That's agree. my job. It's like and a second, cool. second mom here. Yeah, and also the clarification because she's like, "Hey, 
what is this? That also, it's so interesting because our questions are a lot different than yours. Like yours are just kind of like, oh, okay, we're just free and out there. And Trish is like, okay, laser and let's get to the point. Oh my gosh, bridging the gap. Here we are, Colton, doing our so job. Trisha, I think what she's saying is a solid 9.7 is what I'm, what I'm getting. I think that's oh, what I didn't know we were doing a scale. One to 10. <laughs> Where's she at? Come on, no pressure. All right. Okay, Colton, don't. All right. That's not very nice. <laughs> I'm coming after you. I miss being in the same room as you. I'm just saying, because I would pinch you under the table right now. <laughs> all right. So Tracy, back to just one real quick, serious subject. If you don't mind divulging, uh, what generation do you belong to? A generation X. Okay. And do you find that you um, identify with Gen Xers or is there a different generation that you identify more with? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, I would say yes, because I think we're getting older. So we're worried about our longevity and our health. And I think we realize that all the Cheetos and box macaroni and cheese that we grew up on weren't the best choices. And now we're looking at our choices and how it's going to affect our kids and our kids' kids. So I do feel like there's that connection. Yeah, well, I need to make sure I change my uh, dietary uh Man, my butt. I know for a fact that you ate well probably before you were out on your own because your mom was making you eat, right? I'm just saying. So, again, this podcast. Pepper story. Uh She told me the Dr. Pepper story. Did she tell you? Oh, gosh. Did she tell you the green green eggs and ham story or the egg white story? No. no. Okay, real, real quick for the listeners 20 seconds. I didn't know what, I didn't know eggs were yellow until I was five years old. I went to a random buffet when she was doing a bodybuilding show. They opened up the lid and I jumped back and gasped because they're yellow. And I'm like, I thought eggs were just white. My mom was giving me egg whites all the way up till age five until I knew that they were yellow because there's actual <laughs> yolk in them. So to this day, I still don't like yolk because I never ate it. Surprise. <laughs> she ruined it for me. That is not true. She took very good care of you. She did. She's a great mom. We love Dr. Roxanne. Yes, we do. All but right. Because she only does egg whites. She's like, no, no egg yolk. And I'm like, <laughs> All right, Tracy, thank you so much for being with us today. So in closing, would you tell us one more time the name of your business? Please spell out your name so that our listeners can get that down correctly and any contact information that you would like to share with our listeners. Oh, sure. So my business name is Add Spice, the number two, your life. So that's A-D-D-S-P-I-C-E, the number two, Y-O-U-R, L-I-F-E. My name is Tracy Summerfork. You can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. And so that is Tracy, T-R-A-C-E-Y. The last name is spelled S-O-M-E-R-F-O-R-D. And you can also find me on my website, which is adspice, the number two, yourlife.com for more information on new things that we talked about today. Yeah, that's awesome. And P.S. Tracy, if you didn't catch it in the middle of the show, she talked about some online cooking classes. Mm. She actually does this over Zoom. So go to her Facebook page and check it out. Uh, It looks like tons of fun. And Tracy, again, thank you for being with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. I have fun with Colton, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a, oh, never mind. I can't divulge what day it is because this is a Wednesday when we do this. Um, but thank you so much for being on the show, Tracy. We really appreciate having you, Trisha. Thank you as always for allowing me to get a laugh at your expense and 
This has been this episode's uh, or this week's episode of Bridge the Gap, where we're connecting business perspectives. We will see you next Wednesday. Thank you again for tuning into this week's episode of Bridge the Gap, connecting business perspectives. If there's a certain professional or profession that you want to hear from, leave a comment in this week's Facebook post. Please subscribe and share this podcast. Colton Cockrell with Sharon McKinley Group LLC is located at 820 South Friendswood Drive, Suite 207, Friendswood, Texas, 77546, phone number 281-992-5698. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, Inc. Member FINRA, Pacific. Sharon McKinley Group is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc.